1: many good things and going forward to the HUE Crew 2020 and uh,
2: cheers cheers
1: Cheers. welcome Nanette back in with the HUE Crew and we have a very special guest here Nanette we have Dr. Cheryl Rockman-Greenberg and Cheryl I have your bio (laughs) Nanette yours was very easy (laughs) okay (laughs) but just know it's to give all of our listeners and everybody out there, a little bit of information about you, Cheryl, because part of On the Crew is what we like to celebrate and share stories, not only about incredible women, but women that have been doing it for so long and have been mentors, and we all look to for advice, and, you know, love to share some conversation, because everybody, each one of you, are so important. So, if I get something wrong, my apologies but Dr. Cheryl Rockman-Greenberg obtained her medical degree from McGill University in Montreal in 1974. At McGill, her mentors introduced her to the emerging fields of medical and biochemical genetics. She knew then that if provided with the opportunity, she would pursue an academic medical career working to identify the cause of rare and ultra-rare genetic disorders. this she has done. Her research is focused on the identification of the molecular basis for genetic disorders that are overrepresented in Manitoba's unique populations. Subsequently, in direct collaboration with community leaders, she and her colleagues have translated research discoveries into relevant patient care programs, including the development of new diagnostic tests, expanded newborn screening programs, carrier testing initiatives, and new therapies for hereditary metabolic disorders. She is currently a clinical geneticist in the program of genetics metabolism, WRHA, a a clinician scientist at the Children's Hospital Research Institute of Manitoba, and distinguished professor in the departments of pediatrics and child health and biochemistry and medical genetics, University of Manitoba. Now, on top of all this, Cheryl has received numerous awards including the 2012 list of Canada's most powerful women top 100 in the trailblazers and trendsetters category being inducted into the Canadian Academy of Health Sciences in 2014 and receiving the Health Research Foundation Innovations Medicine Canada Medal of Honor in 2016. On top of that, in April 12, 2018, she was inducted into the Canadian Medical Hall of Fame and in the summer she was inducted into the Order of Manitoba and most recently she has been appointed to the Order of Canada. Queen Cheryl. The Order of Canada sort of came a long time ago. <laughs> 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 and I'm going to throw my papers out the window. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That's uh, amazing. Well, Simply amazing, Cheryl. Well,
2: thank you very, very much. You know, every time I hear my bio, I wonder of, who, of whom you're speaking. And I it it's actually me. <laughs> the only award I ever won in the past was I when I was 5 years of age, I won a bronze medal for a hula hoop contest <laughs> <laughs> at <laughs> at our local Y. And then fast forward, I don't know, Whoa. 60 years, 55 years and it's it's been it's been quite a trip the past 5 years. Are we going to see uh, the hula? <laughs> well, I do. think she's, so. she's gonna have we're to do, do that. Yes,
0: absolutely. You
2: know, you
1: know the hot I wonder, I I I still don't. good. I'm, I'm still, gonna good. still I think so. It's what like riding a bike, right? You, <laughs> know, you it never it forget. It. it was
2: just the bronze medal. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, I mean, so many questions, but I guess first and foremost for you, Cheryl, as a young girl, how did you know, or or, or did you know that you were going to, your life was going to follow in this pathway?
2: I absolutely did not. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, as an aside, I just came back from visiting my grandchildren in Calgary, and I asked my little three-year-old granddaughter, you know, do you know what you want to be when you get older? I want to be an astronaut. Well, that <laughs> made me feel very good, you know, uh, however, if someone would have asked me in early childhood, even through grade school or high school, you know, what did I want to be? I had no idea. Um, I knew I liked school, mm-hmm. I liked studying. I even played school in the summer, that's how much I liked learning and studying, but I had no thoughts about what I might do when I got older. Um, I knew I wanted to go to university and education was strongly supported in our family. I didn't know if I was going to go to university, but I did go Mm -hmm. with the support of my family. And in those days in Montreal, I finished high school when I was 16. There wasn't a CEGEP or, you know, the community right. college two-year mm-hmm. program. I went right into McGill, first year. And um, initially, because uh, I liked science, yes. I thought I would be a physiotherapist. Yeah. So I did what the, did the first you know? year in Bachelor of Physiotherapy program at McGill, and I was very unhappy. Mm-hmm. Crisis number one, you know, I'd always loved everything, and here I was not happy. And after intense deliberation, I really didn't have anybody to talk with in terms of career choices. No it was problems. very different. Yeah. It was 1967, you know, it was very different. Um, I decided just to go back into regular science. And then I took an, an introductory to human genetics course. And at the very first class, there were two professors who taught it, Dr. Charles Scriver and Dr. Clark Fraser. And after the first lecture, I knew I wanted to be that. And um, they were extremely, extremely kind to me. Um, They mentored me the whole next couple of years through my program in human genetics. I was resolved that I was going to become a researcher in genetic research. Mm -hmm. And one day, Dr. Fraser called me into his office and he said, Cheryl, did you ever think about going into medicine? I said, no. I was, you know, the first in my family to go to university. It never dawned on me that medicine was a career that I might choose. But once someone in a position of authority and whom I respected a great deal suggested something, I had to apply. Yes. And I applied, and sure enough, I got in. And in those days, I was one of about 15 women, young women in, in the medical school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, some people ask me, you know, what was it like being one of a very few women in a medical class starting in 1968? And to be perfectly honest, you know, I was very fortunate. I was born after a generation where I did not suffer discrimination. Uh, Although I know it absolutely exists today and we know it does, but um, the McGill Medical School and my colleagues and my mentors, it was a very supportive environment and I never felt discriminated against because of my gender. You know, when I did something wrong, it was usually deserved if I didn't do my work properly or whatever, you know, but, you know, I wasn't particularly singled out because of my gender. And it was, uh, medical school was a wonderful experience. Then I knew I wanted to become a geneticist. And the only way to become a geneticist in those days was to become a pediatrician first. So So I applied and I went into pediatrics, which I also loved. (laughs) I loved everything that i did. This is
1: like crazy, right? I mean, we were just, you know, talking, even with you, Nanetta, just, you know, finding your your group, finding your passion, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I mean, you just found it. I found
2: it, and um, pediatrics was a wonderful program. Mm -hmm. I absolutely loved the learning, and in those days, we we basically lived (laughs) at the hospital in terms of our training programs, and then I did two years of, of genetics. Both regular medical genetics and biochemical genetics. And I really liked the biochemical genetics. I liked the, the enzymes and I liked pathways. And <laughs> the um, DNA. I loved that, that yeah. stuff. And it was very treatment oriented. Not just was it related to diagnosing metabolic, rare biochemical diseases, but there was a treatment aspect to it, which was very important for me as yeah. a doctor. Mm-hmm. In those days, there were very few disorders which we can treat effectively. If you fast forward 40 years and that's how long i've been in manitoba the number of conditions that we can now treat that were absolutely untreatable 40 years ago um, has been nothing but remarkable mm-hmm. so yes. in 40 years we've seen a tremendous growth mm-hmm. in genetics and metabolic disease of my area and i can't even imagine what the next 40 years will bring but it's an excellent field to work in. i've been very very fortunate to be surrounded by incredible mentors. Yes. And about mentorship, um, one of the things about mentors, and about Dr. Scriver and Dr. Fraser, and people here, when I first moved here in the genetics program, you know, one important thing about mentors is that they saw things in me that I didn't see in myself, you know, and that's what, and that's what mentorship is. is all about. Yes. And, um, and I'm hard. very grateful for all my, yeah. my mentors.
1: It's it's really hard, I think, nowadays, really, to have that mentorship, or is it not?
2: Well, in my field, in my field, mentorship mentors programs. That, oh yes, yeah. but they're formal programs now. Like no. I am a mentor to new faculty, to specific new faculties. I have taken a particular interest in mentoring international medical graduates mm-hmm. who have come to Manitoba who are trying to get a medical license to practice. But, and the mentorship programs are formal. I mean, there is a curriculum. We have to meet regularly with our mentees. We, Okay. uh, I didn't need a curriculum, I don't think, to be a mentor. Because I had mentors from whom I learned that I just wanted to emulate them. I know. But um, there's formal mentorship programs. There's things you can learn to how to be an effective mentor, Mm -hmm. and I really endorse this program. Not only that, but we have many programs, not just for mentorship, but for leadership development for Mm -hmm. women. It's all very formalized now, and I have to say the University of Manitoba has done an incredible job, you know, to promote diversity, equality, and um, equity. And um, there are many programs specifically for women, um, for leadership training. So it's a
1: good time then? It's a good
2: time for women in medicine, women in science in general. Yeah. And the thing about uh, women in science and the mentorship that we now do is, um, I think the basis for them is to let women know about the opportunities that they are out there. Now, having opportunities out there, it doesn't mean that you have to take them. If you want, you have to know that it's there for you and that we will help you every step of the way. Now, I had yeah, this, that. the help every step of the way, but not with, with formal mentorship programs like there are today, but we know that formal mentorship programs do work and, and they, I think they greatly enhance our education system and ultimately the health care. Do you, do you, just a quick question, do you um, find that there are a lot of women who you're mentoring or who you have mentored in the past, like recent, in the last 10 years? Oh yes, for sure. Um, oh, you put your name on a list, but most people just seek you out That's and ask. Mm-hmm. And um, yes, I mean I do take it very seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, I will help and mentor young faculty mm-hmm. within the medical school, but also I have a lot of interest in graduate students, people, women in science who are doing laboratory-based research. Uh, I love mentoring them. And as I said, the international medical graduates, both men and women. Um, I will mentor. Anybody. I was. To go back to yeah. <laughs> so you could, yeah <laughs> could you imagine? <laughs> you know, it's it's a There's a lot of. Oh, no, I would.
0: I would find myself extremely. It, the, that the kind of guidance is, to have a mentor who is, was who so invested in you is yeah. is uh, is, um, is great. That it's is beautiful.
1: That is key because it's not just the intelligence. It's not just the good grades. It is the person and whether you are going to be a doctor with their bedside manner, a surgeon, or like yourself, I, or anybody, it's the person inside. Mm-hmm. And I really think that having a mentor mm-hmm. that can recognize that, and it doesn't even mean a mentor. It's almost, I also want to say if you had friends that recognize the goodness in you, you may not always show it, but it's that, right. you know, that confidence that they have in you that. You will step up to the bat mm-hmm. if need be, and to have uh, someone like yourself, though, I mean, it's well, um, pretty special.
2: Now, it, with all the research that I've done <laughs> and what we have read about the yeah. quote, Close, discoveries, yes, one of the areas that I haven't excelled in in terms of formal training is edu- medical education, and yet, I mean, <laughs> I know that that's the future. Yes. And they let me be men- a mentor, though, so I'm glad about oh, that. Yeah. Well, that's really
1: interesting, too, right? Because we, you know, yep. we all know, I mean, even when you look at your own kids, right? One's the real bookworm, and the other one just doesn't have to study, but just, yes. you know.
2: Yeah. I never believed that, believed that. When people say, oh, I never studied, never no. opened a book. I never believed that. <laughs> <laughs> I studied hard yeah. all the time. I still yeah. do, yeah. and I, that's one thing I tell my mentees. Yes. It's lifelong learning, you know? It does not yes. stop. Mm-hmm. And that's the exciting part about mm-hmm. either being in, a woman in science, a woman in medicine, or a man in medicine science. Mm-hmm. You have to be committed to lifelong learning. But mm-hmm. when you love what you do, oh, that's it's so
1: much easier. It's much okay. easier. So I want to know something. Oh my goodness, being on the top most powerful women <laughs> in Canada. So,
2: I've uh, taken a lot of oh, <laughs> jokes I about that. Yeah, I <laughs>
1: Not from your husband and from your
2: kids. No, no, but you're my my kids, your kids, my son is. I told you what my son said when I called him to tell him I'm being inducted (laughs) into the Order of Canada. Um, He says, uh, "Well, when's the enshrinement, mum?" And then he says, "Can I sit next to James Cameron, who's also been being inducted?" You know, kids will be kids. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. No, you're going to sit next to me, Matthew. (laughs) (laughs) Because
1: you're still mom. Yeah, there's two <laughs> but that's good. But then, you know, getting that uh, honor, what was that like? Well, well, We'll talk about the Order of Canada, but I'm interested in the top 100 most powerful women. Um, and what was that for? I mean, now she's going... <laughs> I'm trying to remember. <laughs> you, you
2: did read it I know. For, uh, for some <laughs> innovation, innovation in was science. Was yeah. And transitors. Yes. Yeah. You know, because... I have taken some of the new technology that was developed by scientists in terms of genetic medicine, and applied it to our rare genetic diseases to, 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 for gene discovery and to develop mm-hmm. screening programs mm-hmm. that were population-based. And I was recognized for that. Um, it was an interesting event because not many medical people have been in uh, obtained the WXN awards of top 100. So I was actually in in the minority, a lot of people like you, you know, (laughs) accomplished in the arts, in theater, uh, literature, um, music, Mm -hmm. business, Business, a lot of business people. Mm -hmm. But I think I was one of the very few um, who who was a doctor who was recognized in that way. It was very formal Mm -hmm. it was toronto what can i say yes
0: (laughs) i'm sorry what did you wear
2: i can't remember (laughs) no (laughs) but every year you're invited back to you know the the wxn dinner and i've not gone and i keep saying to them we have to do one in winnipeg we have some incredible women in winnipeg and i'll gladly help organize one here and uh, since my induction to wxn there have been a few other women from um, Winnipeg who have been recognized and I'd love to work with them to really develop um, a yeah. program here yeah. because I okay, think it transcends all boundaries of mm-hmm. where women can have leadership positions within science, mm-hmm. medicine, arts, literature, music, yeah. Yes. so it a lovely program.
1: So now besides your medical career, there is a family career and how you've managed Everything from the beginning right to well, it's never ending. I mean, now you're grandma and you travel to, to babysit, and I mean, it's a you know, it's it's a different life but
2: the same life. Um, <laughs> the truth is, and we do talk about that in women in science mm-hmm. workshops. Um, how do you combine career and a family? Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, I do believe that um, the generation before me made sacrifices. You know, they could have a career, um, they could have a marriage if they wanted, and they could have children, but they couldn't have it all. Yeah. Um, I was from the generation I was determined I was going to have it all, but there's no question I paid a price, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, and today the young people who are women and men who are studying don't have to make pay a price anymore. Um, having a career like in medicine is not a a game breaker. You can have it all. And um, I'm, you know, when I became the department head in pediatrics, Mm -hmm. I can call on from my experience and I was convinced I was never gonna let a faculty member in my department uh, somehow choose to drop out of medicine because they had trouble balancing women's and career. And I had a lot of empathy, and I still do, for women and men in medicine, in very, very demanding training programs um, who are struggling because of the demands of both family and work. Mm -hmm. And I'm determined to help them through that process. And not that I have the answer, but I help them find the answers. And as much as possible, I never let them quit. And <laughs> very often <laughs> it's great. It's probably like, you know, it.
1: lock the
2: door. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I'll get back to the price <laughs> okay. you take by being so determined. So yeah. very often I've had some of the female, as well as male faculty, you know, step back from full-time positions for a short period of time, be 0.6 or 0.7 or even 0.5, because I knew that if we help them through this difficult period, it, um, having a family, it was, I say, it was not going to be a game-breaker. I knew they'd be back, and they were often extremely, extremely accomplished, talented you know, doctors and scientists. And I can honestly say, every single one of them has come back. Yes. But yes. Yes. I think if I had, did not have the empathy mm-hmm. and the life experience about no. how hard it is, Um, Maybe they would have quit, but I never would never let them. I never would let them. Now, um, you know it's hard. Now, what price did Mm -hmm. I pay?
1: Well, yes, yes, of course. Well, I I
2: can honestly say, you know, right now with our as we mentor students, as I teach medical students and graduate students, it's all about work-life balance. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I honestly can't say that I didn't have work-life balance. You know, I'm the first See, one to admit you it.
1: You should have been reading <coughs> then next blog.
2: And
0: I don't want
2: the young generation about. to not make the same mistake, but medicine was such a part of my life. I never could separate no. work and family. It was always there for me. No. I have no regrets. No. I don't think I would do it any other way. But um, there is another way. Of you know becoming a successful woman in science and medicine, or in the arts, or whatever right. career.
0: Absolutely, I, I I completely agree. When I was studying to be an engineer, mm-hmm. in a previous life, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I couldn't I couldn't consider it was very difficult. There's a lot of guilt that comes mm. with it, you know, knowing that okay, when I started working as an engineer, I was like, well. How can I have a family now when I have my career and where at, we're, we're at work from eight in the morning till six o'clock at night and and it was and it was traveling. It, traveling it was very difficult. and and I think that uh, if I had a mentor who said, you know it's okay, I went through that, and um, it's okay you're needed here mm-hmm. that makes all the difference it really really and let's does. work
1: on a solution exactly okay? yes yeah, okay. as opposed to Definitely. saying no. Mm-hmm.
0: no no yeah
2: and I've had you know male doctors come in as well who have been mm-hmm. come who wanted to be stay-at-home dads for a short period and didn't want to break up their careers but mm-hmm. my attitude was you know what can I do to help you through this period I got through this period but obviously you know I was Quite resilient. Yeah. I was hardworking. I was determined to have it all, and um, well, I don't have too many gray hair. Have, everybody
1: has a different life. Yes, yeah. I was lucky yes. that I could do mm-hmm. it,
2: um, but mm-hmm. you know, i I say, it came at a bit of a price for sure.
1: Well, we have um, a couple of very special guests that are in our in our mm-hmm. little cozy audience, and you know, this is a time too, like where we really kind of encourage you know our little our little audience to have mm-hmm. a voice too and to ask questions and. Melinda, we've had Melinda on our show and the Hugh crew, and she shared a a great story. And and Maggie, her sister, is here too, as well. And Dr. Greenberg's patient. (laughs) Yes, yes. So there is definitely... So I know Maggie.
2: I love this woman.
1: Yes. Yeah. Passing the mic. Yeah, maybe uh, share share your uh, kind of feelings for Dr. Cheryl here. Well, I'm a little biased, but I mm -hmm. I can't say enough
0: about Dr. Greenberg. You know, she's She's been there for me right from the very beginning. Um, she, she does everything for me. She's co- coordinated my, my health care, like all my doctors. Uh, she knows more about my, my disease than I do. And she's helped me along the way. She's an incredible woman. And she's so well-deserving of
2: all the, the, the accolades that she gets.
1: Well, so maybe Cheryl, fill us in on how you met Maggie.
2: Boy. Um, you were just referred by your family doctor as I recall because Maggie has a genetic condition, von Hippel-Lindel, it's very very rare genetic disorder but it's not an uncommon referral and um, I was referred to see you and we developed a rapport and you know I could ask the right questions and Maggie felt, I guess, comfortable enough with me to open up. I mean, she is a remarkable woman, you know. Mm-hmm. With, um, she could not have achieved what she has in life without the support of her incredible husband and her family. But I knew that they were things that, you know, she needed to know from me and that I shared with her whatever knowledge I could and helped her and her husband make further decisions and um, it began a relationship. I knew, and I know that many of the family doctors for very, very rare genetic disorders um, do not have the time with respect to the continuity of care and the follow-up that they do. And in my field of metabolic genetics, we follow patients, we treat them. There's new innovative treatments all the time. And it's my job to make sure that our patients know, know what's out there. I can't even predict what will be out there in 40 years from now, Um, unfortunately I won't be here. I wish I could be to see what there is, but I've always, my feeling and my, uh, what I like to do is, there's hope everywhere. And I know that I, you know, if there is something that I can do to help Maggie or any other patient, I'll help them find it. So we developed that relationship and it's been enduring till today. I just
1: want to say, so Maggie has countless doctors over so many years of, you know, since um, her health issues, but Dr. Greenberg, as busy and as accomplished as she is, she always takes the time. She has so much empathy, but most importantly, she gives Maggie the power back because Maggie has gone to Dr. Greenberg crying so many times because she's told you have to do this for your disease because she it affects all over her body. She was told not to have children so she because she didn't what was you tell the story? <laughs> okay, well she was to, I don't know I'll which doctor. Yeah, you tell the story <laughs> please.
2: <laughs> She's the doctor. I was yeah. there, she can do it. <laughs> no. I will tell that story because it's not just related to Maggie and her decisions about whether or not to take the chance of passing the, um, her gene on to her children. And as a geneticist and as a doctor, you know, we're taught and I tell, teach my students is that, you know, you give people the information and everybody makes his or her own choice. You know, you cannot be, you're not that person, you cannot be in his or her shoes. But I know from experience that, you know, most people want to hear what I'm going to do because I don't even know what I would do and I'm not in their position. But I know what Maggie wanted to hear from me and many other patients want to hear from me. They just asked me the question, do other people in my position sometimes go on and have children and take the 50-50 chance? I said, absolutely. She needed some way to know that it's okay to take the 50-50 chance. And and one of the things I always stress, when you make a decision, Know that it is okay. Many people in your shoes have done the same thing, but don't look back. Okay, don't second guess yourself, and um, and I really believe that don't second guess yourself. You know, having if you want to have children, no matter what the risk is, and are willing to take the risk, then go for it. You know, um, there are many people who would choose not to, but do people take? Uh, you know, fairly high genetic risk? Absolutely. Right. And that's yes. perfectly fine. And I'm sure
1: Maggie is so happy. And she's got a beautiful son and Phillip? a beautiful family. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. we are so happy to have you here, Cheryl. It's been an amazing. Uh, half an hour has just flown by. Is it gone? And yeah. Nanette, Nanette and I I've just been sitting. I'm in awe. I, I'm just, yes, you know. Yes, she's actually quiet. She's actually a real big chatterbox. Yeah, yeah. She
0: was
2: but scared though with the I, wine. I, I, <laughs> I talked too
0: much.
2: <laughs> you know, uh, you uh, know anyways,
0: I have all well these questions and you, you answer answered them it. every single, <laughs> I was like, well, I have nothing to ask. Everything yeah. is, is right there. Well, we'll have to have one another. you finished
2: your engineering degree? I, no. I, I did. Okay, good.
0: I did finish my engineering degree.
2: Yes. Yes. One thing we can end on, and I, it's not to be discouraged about what happens to kids when they get older, but I have to say that none of my kids ever even took a science course. <laughs> I think they love me. I think they love mm-hmm. me but they, they've gone their own ways, <laughs> so
1: which I am very happy about. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> oh Thank you so much, Cheryl. We'll do nice one more pleasure. cheers. Cheers thank with you. your water.
2: Yay, thank you so yes, much. Yes, and we thank will you. have you on
1: for another episode.
2: Cheers. cheers. hope so. <laughs> okay, thank you all.
0: listening. This has been a production of i like You.com. Podcast distribution from the Sound Off Media Company. Hi, this is Candace Sampson, the voice behind what she
1: said. My show is your destination for stories that not only entertain but also educate and empower. Every week I spotlight strong female voices from across Canada women who are changing the narrative and driving change don't miss out on these inspiring episodes subscribe on apple spotify and amazon music or head over to whatshesaidtalk.com
0: what she said can also be heard on blasttheradio.com mondays at 5 p.m and wednesdays at 7 p.m that's blasttheradio.com
1: it's time to dive into the stories that truly matter